Welcome to Journeys into the Heart of Vibration with Mur de Marmion. On our program, we explore the ancient, current, and future modalities that are used in sound therapy and vibrational healing. We share information that is vital for a new paradigm of thinking and being to embrace vibration important for healing illness and disease. And now, here is your host, Mur de Marmion. Welcome to the show. My name is Mur, and we're happy that you're here, and we have a wonderful guest, Laura Lagano. First, I'm going to share a couple of real quick announcements for people who are uh, listening in. Um, I'm going to make a quick mention again about the upcoming uh, Rites of Spring Sacred Sound immersion that we have coming up next Friday. March 22nd here in Asheville, Colorado. We've had some requests for this information on the show. Um, I'm going to be collaborating with my dear friend, Wendy Morrison. It's going to be an amazing event of um, celebrating newness and rebirth, essentially. And we'll be working with sacred geometry, sacred sound, Tibetan and crystal bowls, gongs. We'll be chanting the energy of the chakras and ending the evening in some ecstatic dance to the Beatles. So um, where we'll also be doing the inner mandala healing circle around the bowls and the gongs where people will receive one-on-one attention with tuning forks and crystal pyramids and all sorts of really cool things to get your energy field back in tune for tickets, go to creativedivinestudios.com. From the top menu, click on events and workshops, and then go to Sound School. And you will see the description and also a link to Eventbrite. There will be no tickets at the door. And these tickets are on sale only through Wednesday, March 20th. Secondly, I want to mention our guest next week, which is who is Randy Masters. Randy has joined us on the show before and shared some really amazing uh, information. He is a harmonic mathematician, and he's going to be sharing the night side of nature with the harmonics of the divine feminine in creation, and it's going to be a very fascinating show. So be sure and stay tuned uh, next Thursday, um, the March, what date is that? March 21st. Wow, we're almost at the end of March. And... The last thing I want to share is that our show, Journeys into the Heart of Vibration, is not going forward after our uh, end of the pilot series, which the last episode will be April 4th. And we welcome Anara and Chris, who will be talking about the language of light. Um, I just want to say how grateful I am for this experience and this journey. The show has been dedicated to bringing this information to people about alternative methods and interventions in the hopes of raising awareness of other things that are available that will help us stay healthy. So I hope that you have gotten a lot out of it. The replays of all the shows will be available on the show pages. As long as people are coming and listening and downloading they will be available, but they will not be available on iTunes and Spotify after April 4th. 
With that said, I would like to welcome our guest today, Laura Logano, and we're going to be talking about cannabis and the holistic approach to wellness with this. Now, Laura is a, gosh, nutritionist, health educator, and she integrates her foundation background as a registered dietitian nutritionist with cutting edge training in functional medicine and we're going to find out all about what she does and works with cannabis and um, teaching individuals um, professionals to work with this as well welcome laura welcome to the show thank you so much mer i'm so honored to be here with you no thank you i'm i'm honored that you were part of this this short term, this little pilot. <laughs> but I think we're doing big things. <laughs> I do so too. I mean, I think what you're doing is incredible. Uh, looking oh, at, you know, sound healing and vibrational energy. And of course, cannabis fits right into that as an ancient plant. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about your, your education and training. You have a wonderful story about how you got into working with cannabis. But you are a, a registered dietitian nutritionist. You integrate this with um, a foundation background in nutrition and cutting edge training in, with the, from the Institute, uh, Institute of Functional Medicine. So talk about that and the significance of, of this training and your background. Sure. Well, you know, as a registered dietitian nutritionist, um, and yesterday was... Dietitian uh, Recognition Day. I, you know, that's very foundational because that's, you know, all about the biochemistry and the science. It's very important training. But then I took that further and added training in uh, functional nutrition and integrative medicine. And that was with the Institute of Functional Medicine, which was originally founded by Jeff Bland, who is the considered the father of functional medicine. And, you know, I've had great mentors along the way. Kathy Swift, who's probably one of the top dietitians in that area. So that's been really important because that is looking at the person for root cause resolution. So it's not applying a bandage approach. Uh, It's a very deep dive nutrition and really considering somebody's biochemistry, also sometimes looking at epigenetics. And you know, what happened with me, I'm, I'm always looking for new modalities, new healing modalities, because I have a daughter who has special needs, and, uh, you know, it's been a journey. And my journey has really been informed by her. She really brought me back to my original reason for studying nutrition and healing was really looking at the connection between mood and food and even and energy and mm. and mood. So she has taken me on this journey and it has led me into many, many places that I don't know if I would have gone without her. Mm. That's really cool. You know, we're finding more and more that everything starts in the gut. You know, and if our biome is off, everything else is going to be off. So Absolutely. you work from a different place than 
conventional dietetics and healthcare and delve into pre-existing um, conditions and disease triggers. And you bring in functional medicine by developing holistic nutrition and lifestyle plans. Um, would you share how you work with people in your nutritional counseling? And what are some of the most common imbalances and ailments that you work with? Sure. So, Mer, as you said, you know, we're looking at the gut and pretty much for everybody who walks into my doors, into my kitchen, because I call my program Nutrition in My Kitchen, it all starts in the gut. Almost every, I would say pretty much every patient I have has a, a gut involvement. So there is something going on with them in their digestion, with, as you said, with their microbiome, that is influencing whatever their symptomology is. So though people do come in and have, you know, what would be considered conventional or typical gut-related issues, you know, whether, you know, they're constipated or they have diarrhea or they have, uh, you know, reflux, many of them don't come in with those symptoms, or at least they're not telling me. They're coming in with things like fatigue and, you know, their mood is very labile or they have brain fog, you know, they can't, they're not, uh, their memory isn't what it used to be, or they have um, children who have ADD. There's numerous issues, and that is when we also know that the gut is involved, or something like this. They may have uh, a real sensitivity, multiple ke- uh, chemical sensitivity to certain smells or products, and it does all start in the gut. So that's, you know, the process is, you know, making the appointment, filling out, you know, an assessment form. Also, sometimes, depending on the patient's presentation and what they may tell me ahead of time, they may fill out a, you know, a symptom questionnaire where they get a score. I don't give them the score because people freak out about the score. I just keep that, and then we might (laughs) look at it later, you know, after they've had success, which is sort of a funny thing that I want to mention. Oftentimes, people will say after, you know, the second appointment, no, I I don't feel any different. And then I'll look Mm -hmm. at my chart and and I say, oh, okay, so are you still having uh, headaches? Oh, no, those went away. Uh, Do you still have, you know, some congestion, you know, when you go, you know, at 4 o'clock? Oh, no, I, I don't have that anymore. Are you tired? So here's something that I know. And I know this not only as a practitioner, but I know this as a mother. Sadly, oftentimes, we only focus on the negative. Mm-hmm. So we're not really focusing on the positive. We, we see what's wrong, not what's right. And that is very typical when people, <laughs> when people come in to an appointment because they may not have ameliorated all of their symptoms, but they're starting to get better but they don't necessarily realize it. So I think that's just a, a you know, a comment on the, on the human condition. I think it's like widespread across many things, not just <laughs> yes. healthcare. <laughs> How, so cannabis is a very hot topic these days and having been, 
you know, of teenage years in the 60s and the 70s, I can tell you that I have an intimate experience with cannabis, probably uh-huh. from a different <laughs> different uh-huh. uh, area. <laughs> can you share your wonderful story of exploration and how it helped your daughter and how and where you did you study to learn how to integrate cannabis effectively in what you do? Sure. And I, uh, before I tell that story, I do want to mention that, obviously, Murray, you're a baby boomer. And <laughs> I had to laugh out loud when somebody came out with a, a study that was supposed to be so revealing, saying that baby boomers are one of the top groups that does not have canophobia. In other words, they're not afraid of cannabis. And I thought, well, obviously, baby boomers <laughs> invented you know, exactly. cannabis. Of course, I'm saying that, you know, facetiously, but of course, in the 60s and 70s was when cannabis came back into vogue being accepted. So, of course, the baby boomers accept it. That's not, that's not a surprise. So, right. on to my story about my, my daughter. <laughs> Her name is Isabella, and Isabella is a twin, and she was not meeting developmental milestones, and I also have a daughter who's a little bit older than my twins, so I already had a child that I could see what what was supposed to be happening, typically. And then, of course, she has a twin brother, so it was like I had a control group. Mm-hmm. And I did notice early on that Isabella wasn't meeting developmental milestones, and there were all sorts of things that went on. Um, Food-wise, with breastfeeding, her suck was not what it what it was supposed to be. But because I was breastfeeding often my twins simultaneously, her brother enabled the letdown. So she was already getting the milk without having a you know a, a suck that would have been actually adequate if she were a singleton. Hmm. You know, so I I did recognize that, and probably because of my training, well, definitely because of my training as a dietitian, when she was transferring to food, I noticed that she wasn't uh, adapting quickly enough, and I was concerned that she was aspirating her food, so I brought her in for a swallow study. Now, Mm -hmm. that's pretty rare that I think a mother would know to do that, so it was very, very early on that I was able to do um, interventions with her, which would be called biomedical interventions, all the nutrition interventions and, you know, really changing what she was eating when I was breastfeeding, changing what I was eating, you know, to enable her development. And I had many, many aha moments along the way with with her. Um, One of probably the first big one was uh, a Halloween or, you know, late in the day on Halloween and the next day when she was literally having an out-of-body experience. And I realized it wasn't, yes, of course, she was probably eating too much sugar, but it was even more than the sugar. It was the artificial ingredients in the food that were really mm-hmm. impacting her. And I recalled my original reason for studying nutrition was I was mesmerized, as I said, by that relationship between food and mood. And I recalled listening to uh, a New York talk radio station was always on in the in the, my Brooklyn kitchen with my parents, and uh, Ben Feingold was the physician mm. who was 
pediatrician who was constantly talking about artificial ingredients and hyperactivity. Mm-hmm. And everybody poo-pooed him. Well, I never forgot about it. And, of course, a few years ago, there was an article confirming what he said, a jur- I mean, a study uh, that was published, I believe, in the New England Journal of Medicine. So, you know, unfortunately, Dr. Feingold uh, passed away before he could see that people, accept, you know, accepted, you know, his his theory. And mm-hmm. that was my big aha moment. And lo and behold, about two weeks later, there was a conference happening with uh, an occupational therapy association. And now my daughter was already receiving occupational therapy. And this association had hooked up with the Feingold Association to provide a, a conference that was literally five miles from my house. Mm. I wonder what the way the world works, right? <laughs> so <laughs> there I was, and everything just came together. It was such a big aha moment, and there have been many, many along the way. Um, another had to do with, you know, fish oil and her the fatty acid component, uh, you know, of her cell wall and how important that was. You know, they just kept happening over and over again. Mm -hmm. And most recently, the aha moment has had to do with with cannabis and CBD oil. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I'll I'll tell you how I, you know, I learned about it mostly through Isabella. And that's how I've learned about everything. Because I've, I feel like, you know, she's my child and I have two other children too. But I'm always... Uh, interested as a parent in helping my children live the best life they can. So I've always been investigating other modalities for Isabella. I never really relied on standard medical care because if I did, she would just be taking, you know, a cocktail of pharmaceuticals. She would not Mm -hmm. be progressing. And so then, you know, there was a lot going on with with cannabis. I had known about um, cannabis impacting seizures. Now, she had seizures. However, her seizures were ameliorated with food and nutrition, which happened very early on in her life. But I was paying attention to what was going on in medical marijuana, and I realized, wait a minute, you know what, I think this is something, particularly CBD, that we should try with her. Uh because I knew about the impact on the gut. And whenever you have, you know, people who have um, a neurological component, and, you know, she had numerous diagnoses, but one being autism, I knew that Mm -hmm. that was going to be something that could possibly help her gut heal. What Mm -hmm. I didn't realize was that that was also going to impact her, her focus, and her behavior in other ways. So it's really been very interesting. So that got me looking into more things regarding cannabis. And along the way, I met Raphael Mishulam and interviewed him. He's considered the grandfather of cannabis research. He discovered the endocannabinoid system. Uh, among other things, I met Ethan Russo, who's, who, who's a neurologist, who has a theory about um, endocannabinoid tone. I mean, I've met many great researchers along the right. Mm. Debbie Malta. Wow. So it's been great. So I've really had the best teachers yeah, along with my daughter. And this uh, is when I realized that, wait a minute, I've also been 
impacted somehow because all the women in my family have had some sort of involvement with their reproductive system. So I realized, wait a minute, we all have some sort of, a, you know, in, in Ethan Russo's terms would be a clinical endocannabinoid tone deficiency or dysfunction. Laura? Yep. We need to take a quick break. Apologies for breaking in, but we're at break, so hold that thought and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you satisfied with your life? Do you know that more should be possible? Listen for the Access Consciousness Radio Show with the creators of Access, Gary Douglas and Dr. Dane here. Our program offers pragmatic tools to change things in your life that you haven't been able to change until now. What if all of life could come to you with ease, joy, and glory? Tune in to Access Consciousness Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. The White House doctor makes house calls. Listen every week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. Dr. Connie has served as the White House physician under three U.S. presidents. Now she joins the Voice America Empowerment Channel to help you enrich yourself physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Our guests will include professionals from a variety of fields who will bring you tips that you can apply to your own life. Listen for House Calls with Dr. Connie every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Journeys into the Heart of Vibration with Murr DeMarmian. To find out more about us and the program, please visit CreativeDivineStudios.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to the show, and we're going to dive right back in with Laura Logano and our discussion about cannabis. Finish what you were saying about the um, reproductive um, issues with women and the connection between the uh, cannabinoid system, the endocannabinoids, <laughs> what you were saying. Sure. <laughs> so it's the endocannabinoid system which is a system that all living things with a spine have. And it's a system of balance and homeostasis. It's a system responsible for balance and homeostasis. And it overlays with every system in our body. So our gastrointestinal system, our reproductive system, our neurological system, for instance. So one of the things that we know is that people who have uh, women who have... Uh, reproductive challenges or gynecological challenges, whether it is endometriosis, PCOS, um, recurrent miscarriage, these women have an endocannabinoid system that is not necessarily functioning at in an optimal way. Now, I, I know the thing that people are going to be asking is, well, how do we measure that? Well, unfortunately... Um, you're, and you know, we produce our own endocannabinoids, and those 
endocannabinoids are called anandamide and 2-AG, and you can measure them, but nobody's going to really be measuring them because they can only really be measured with a spinal tap right now in a clinical setting. So, and it, ch- it changes drastically from, from time to time, or moment to moment. Um, so that would, that's really a theory then that, you know, people would, well, it's more than a theory that women with um, recurrent miscarriage have a malfunctioning endocannabinoid system. And, and this is, of course, what I see, what's obvious now in my family. And it makes a lot of sense. And mm-hmm. I think as we learn more about the endocannabinoid system and how it overlays with everything in our body, we're going to hear more and more about how to upregulate it, meaning how to make it work in a more functioning way. And it's, we can do more than use cannabis for that. We can uh, meditate. We mm-hmm. can uh, energy medicine. I mean, Mer, what you do is mm-hmm. working on that endocannabinoid system constantly. Mm-hmm. Yep. So what we once thought of, for instance, with exercise as producing endorphins, that is actually incorrect. What we're producing are endocannabinoids. Wow. Uh, good sex with orgasm, uh, as I said, med- uh, meditating, yoga, being with good friends. I mean, the, anything that helps you to relax is going to normalize your or help to normalize your endocannabinoid system. So this is, and if you start thinking about all of these situations where people are unbalanced, a lot of it has to do with that endocannabinoid system. Mm-hmm. So that's why we're seeing people, I don't know that people truly understand uh, CBD and CBD works allosterically, meaning that it doesn't work directly on the endocannabinoid system. It works on enzyme systems that impact it, but it's still obviously very important. I'm sure mm-hmm. you've seen the explosion of CBD. Yes. Well, I take it for sleep myself, and I have mm-hmm. for quite a while. So, yeah, (laughs) but um, it's interesting that you're talking about all of this and um, the fact that I don't think people have made the connection between feeling good and being in good health, Mm. you know, and that's what meditation and exercise and dance and movement and sound and, and, CBD, cannabis, really contributes to. So, yeah, I I agree with you on that. I think a lot of it has to do with pe- we've moved away a lot from being in touch with our bodies. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I see that all the time in my practice, where people don't under they don't even un- know what it means to feel. Awesome. People right. walk around like the living dead, and they don't realize that they can feel a lot better than that. Or things that are here's something that is fairly uh, simplistic when when you when you try it when you break it down. Let's just take something like caffeine. I am not at all against caffeine. I think caffeine and coffee uh, can be also very healing depending mm-hmm. on who's taking it and who's using it and for what reason. 
but I cannot tell you how often I see people, I see a lot of people who have trouble sleeping. And there's a lot of reasons why people have trouble sleeping. But interestingly enough, they often do not associate their caffeine intake with that. Mm-hmm. They do That's not sure. associate things like sleeping with the television on or with their cell phone under their pillow. Oh, God. <laughs> Turn you it know. off. <laughs> right. Turn it, Turn it off, off, baby. <laughs> Those your EMFs. cell phone should be nowhere near your bedroom. Right. It should not be, should not be on. Nor if you're, you know, uh, you know, we know that there's a genetic predisposition to caffeine metabolism, for mm-hmm. instance. So we know that there's a gene for a fast caffeine metabolizer and a slow caffeine metabolizer. I think if people stopped and thought for a minute, they know which one they are. People know. You know, I know I'm a slow caffeine metabolizer, and my husband, who uh, can have a a quadruple espresso at 11.55 p.m., (laughs) can be asleep before his head hits the pillow at midnight. Clearly, he's a fast caffeine metabolizer. On the other hand, slow ones are up until 2 (laughs) a.m. That's right. That's right. So if you're a slow caffeine metabolizer, it may not be a good idea for you to have coffee after 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I can't imagine. So these are, but these are like the little things that um, many of us are not really recognizing because we're not really paying attention to what we're eating or what we're doing or, you know, the toxic environments that we're in that are Mm -hmm. creating this maladaptive health that we have. And I think people don't realize that stress pops us out of our bodies Mm. because we don't want to feel the chaotic energy that's going on and all, you know, our to, our massive to-do lists and all the things that we have to do. And so we grab the coffee because it gives us a rush of adrenaline to power through what we need to do, but we're still out of touch with our bodies and about what's really going on and the fact that if we step back and breathe, it okay. goes way farther than a shot of espresso. Yes. And I do think that part of that is our um, whole issue of applying things instead Mm -hmm. of doing things. So you Mm -hmm. have the caffeine to stay up, whereas if you, of course, if you're stressed out, you should probably step outside, take a walk, Mm -hmm. take a hike, make sure you're in that, if, if you're lucky enough to live near a pine forest and go in there and smell that that pinene, which is Mm -hmm. very relaxing. Even if you have a little mini reformer or trampoline in your house, just jumping on that to sort of realign your your nervous system. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm sure, Murray, you talk about tapping. Mm -hmm. We've had people on the show that that work with tapping and EFT and the Mm -hmm. energy meridians and how that really helps a lot. Yeah, I, I think it's because we're not, uh, that see, a lot of this seems very woo-woo to people, and it seems woo-woo because it's not something that we learn about when in our very conventional healthcare system, 
it's all exactly. about pharmaceuticals that blunt pathways. It's mm-hmm. not about food that enables pathways. Right. Now, I, I sh- I'm not necessarily anti-pharma because I think there's plenty of pharmaceuticals out there that are very helpful for people. I don't think that somebody who has hemophilia is going to exist without a pharmaceutical. Right. Uh, you know, antibiotics that are used in transplants. So there are plenty of things mm-hmm. that are very important. It's, it's the pharmaceuticals that are used in chronic disease that are mm-hmm. more problematic. We, we should really be obviously changing our behaviors early on to avoid that chronic disease. Mm-hmm. And that's where getting in touch with your body and what you're talking about, aligning, uh, you know, our, our health with you know, with our mood and with and how we're feeling is so important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, in my own journey with my several family members who were suffering from dementia and um, Alzheimer's and um, the associated um, emotional issues, there all they wanted to do was dumb them, dumb them down. Let's just mm-hmm. dumb them down, make them zombies, and um, we'll just yeah leave them instead of really clearly looking at um, my family history and what these family members were experiencing, it was hugely about the gut because of the massive amounts of sugar that were being consumed and the additives and the white bread and all of that stuff. So, yeah. Mm. Right, and that's usually interfaced or overlaid with uh, genetic predisposition. Mm-hmm. That's sort of similar to when uh, I initially took Isabella to see a, f- a physician when she wasn't meeting those milestones, and uh, he told me that she would never speak. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and at that point, you know, it was obviously something that he had seen in previous clinical practice that he knew, and he wasn't sharing with me. And I looked at him. I was, you know, I had never had... Uh, really had a lot of experience at that point with apraxia, which is what she had, or autism or a lot of things. And I just looked at him and I said, what? Of course she's going to speak. We're Italian. (laughs) (laughs) Good answer. (laughs) So it was almost with that in mind that I thought, well, (laughs) Uh, then, of course, I went out and found all the modalities, you know, she had speech prompt, speech therapy five days a week. I completely changed what she was eating. She had uh, orthomolecular doses of a um, fish oil. In fact, we used a, a fish oil that's called Speak, which I, you know, anybody who's interested in, in learning about it can e- email me, um, you know, for anybody you know who has a proxy. I mean, it was just incredible what... Mm-hmm. Um, what I felt was the disconnect with the medical establishment. They were just ready to say, oh, yeah, well, she'll be institutionalized and that'll be the end of her. By the way, she's working now. Wonderful. How old is she now? She is 22. Oh, my goodness. Wow. And what a journey. Yeah, it, it's still going on. It's still going on. <laughs> it sure is. I used I to work know. at a center for kids with autism, so I know exactly what goes on there and the protocols that they've used in the past hopefully some of them have been um altered a little bit but uh yeah 
Yeah, I think that they, I, unfortunately, I think the vast majority are not really looking at those biomedical modalities. It's, it's not happening, you know, no. 100%, but it is happening more and more. Um, I think we have to get to, you know, the root of the training of people who are dealing with uh, individuals with autism, but it's usually, it's things like this are always grassroots. It's usually the moms who say, wait a minute, wait a minute, you know, it's, I just happened to be a healthcare professional who was also a mom, so it was, uh, it was really a good journey for me because I already had the foundation, but many of the moms, uh, you know, are not healthcare professionals, and they say, hey, wait a minute, we want an uh, uh, we want another way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to come up on in about a minute here soon. So, um, when we come back, let's delve into the Holistic Cannabis Academy. Um, so, quickly, what have you seen in the evolution of how children with autism and other um, issues like this? What have you seen um, with kids that have been um, using cannabis or CBD? Well, it's a big gut healer. It, it, cool. Uh, for sure. And we should, you know, talk about that a little bit more in that mm-hmm. it actually helps to, CBD actually helps to, and full plant cannabis can help to close uh, those gaps that, that are causing, you know, that leaky gut or intestinal permeability. So that are you talking like juicing? Really juicing the, the leaves? Are you talking about juicing or are you talking about the oil? or? No, I'm talking about oil. Okay. You know, whether it's okay. in an oil format that you're taking under the tongue or oil or, you know, it's, you know, it's been processed into a, okay. a pill or an oil or, tinc- you know, a tincture that you take right. by okay. mouth. Okay. That's pretty cool. So um, I think we're coming up on 30 seconds. So let's just go ahead and break here and then we'll come back and and, um, talk more about this. Great. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Do you keep past regrets, hurt, pain, and disappointment with you for years or even a lifetime after the experiences? Feel free to clear the air and express yourself as a creative, intuitive, and powerful woman. Listen to Heal Past Wounds and Bring Joy Back with host Andrea Lewis. Andrea and her guests will show you that whatever happened in your past, it doesn't have to define you. Get ready to bring joy back into your life. Tune in every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Our life takes a series of unexpected detours as we move along our journey. We can choose to accept these detours as something negative, or we can choose to create a learning experience where we can turn a tragedy or unexpected turn in life into something that can help others. To learn more, tune in to Embrace the Unexpected with host Bernadette Butler. In the program, you'll learn how she and others were able to turn setbacks into positives. Listen live Fridays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. 
VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to Journeys into the Heart of Vibration with Murr DeMarmian. To find out more about us and the program, please visit CreativeDivineStudios.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to the show, and we have Laura Logano uh, joining us, and we're having a really amazing discussion about cannabis and CBD. Now, evidently, between the time that the um, show information online was created and now, um, some things have changed, and I'm inviting Laura to talk about um where people can go online to find out updated information. Why don't you share that with us, Laura? Sure. So if I wanted to offer all the listeners a special gift, so to receive that, you can go to Laura Logano, my name, L-A-U-R-A-L-A-G-A-N-O.com backslash Mur M-Y-R-R-H. And you can put in your information, and then you'll get an email with a special gift from me. And the second uh, URL is a uh, to go and learn about the cannabis training, which I think we'll talk about in a little while. And that mm-hmm. is a bit.ly, so it's B-I-T dot L-Y backslash, and the words holistic, H-O-L-I-S-T-I-C, and then cannabis, C-A-N-N-A-B-I-S. So there's two C's in the middle. So it's the bit.ly and holistic cannabis. So hopefully everybody awesome. has that. Now you have a, a book coming out too, the CBD miracle, CBD oil miracle. Um, when is that going to be available and where can we find that? Sure. I mean, that's going to be available, at I believe, at the end of March. And certainly, you know, you could find it, um, you know, at your, hopefully at your books, at your local bookstore. But also, if you would like to uh, buy it from me, you could certainly contact me about that. Unfortunately, I don't have the URL for that. Okay. Uh, but that will be some information I'll also have for anybody who goes for this special gift. And that was wonderful. Writing that book was, I can tell you, a labor of love. As what, <laughs> as was imagine. creating the uh, the education program, at the Holistic wow. Cannabis Academy. Let's talk about the academy. Tell us about that. Sure. So that is an online training program about integrating cannabis with uh, other holistic modalities. You know, and as as I said earlier, one of the things that I found uh, very disturbing for me is the way in our culture and healthcare we we just want one thing and we want that one thing to be uh the cure all mm-hmm. that's a problem and i and i do talk about that in the book the title was not my idea i should indicate uh you know we we really need to look at cannabis as integrated with other things, you know, integrating it with nutrition is to me a no-brainer because it's a plant. And we, you know, that's why I find it somewhat offensive that people 
are offering, uh, you know, cannabis in highly sugared foods. I mean, I think mm-hmm. cannabis in a good quality. Chocolate with a high cacao is awesome. I think that cannabis in an artificially flavored high sugar gummy is not awesome. That's and, crazy. You know, we, we really have to take a look at that. You know, are we, you know, we have the ubiquitous pot brownie. Well, you know, we're, we're adding a, a, an anti-inflammatory, which is cannabis, particularly the cannabinoid CBD, is uh, a potent, potent anti-inflammatory, and we're adding that to a food that is, you know, has inflammatory ingredients, as you said, you know, white flour and sugar. So we're sort of, you know, it's a little bit like, you know, swimming upstream. We, we want to integrate cannabis with other healing plants, with, you know, other, with aromatherapy, with uh, an anti-inflammatory food plan, with, with sound healing, with yoga, with um, meditation, chiropractic, physical therapy. I mean, think of all of the modalities that really help to reduce stress and cannabis overlays with them. You know, if we look at, you know, ancient Indian culture, cannabis is, was integrated with yoga uh, to bring you to a, uh, you know, a higher state of being. And when I say higher state of being, I don't mean being high. No, we're talking samadhi. <laughs> we're talking vibrational energy, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And I think we sort of missed the boat a little bit on that with cannabis because, you know, it was it has been bred to have super high uh, THC, which, of mm-hmm. course, is the component, you know, that is responsible for that intoxicating effect. Whereas we want to really be looking at, uh, for most people, cannabis that has a really nice uh, CBD component as one of the cannabinoids. And I know we're going to be eventually hearing more about the other cannabinoids, like CBG, uh, once more research is done on those particular cannabinoids. The cannabinoids are the components of the plant. Mm -hmm. So I know that individuals have talked about... um, Well, I heard this on on a... I think it was a documentary about cannabis and cancer that our cells are the lock and cannabis or the CBD uh, is the key because of the properties of uh, cannabis turns on the receptors in the cells or balances them or something. Is that your understanding? Yeah, it's a, it's a lock and key system. All the receptor systems in our body work that way. Mm-hmm. So that is what the endocannabinoid system is. You know, you have a, a receptor you know, you have a compound and a, re- and a receptor. Uh, so that's, yes, that is exactly the way it works. And this is when we see um, for people who overconsume cannabis, they tend to have to t- use more and more cannabis to get the same effect that they're looking for. Well, that is because their receptors are going into hiding. And now they need to you know, sort of reinstitute and waken up, you know, wake up their receptors by going on what might be called, you know, a drug holiday or a holiday from mm. using cannabis. By not consuming cannabis 
For some people, it can be as short as three days. For others, maybe two weeks. And that will, you know, reinstitute your receptors. But that's a really good, you know, we're talking about feelings and not listening to our body. Well, that is really powerful. Your body is telling you, hey, that is too much. We don't want that much. Stop, mm-hmm. stop giving me that much. And, of course, that happens with a lot of other things, with a lot of food. That's, of course, what the stress response is. The stress response mm-hmm. is telling us, you know what? You need to sit back and, you know, smell the roses. Right. Uh, and alcohol, too. You know, alcohol is a huge yes. thing as well. Yes, but so what do you it, think, um, what do you think about some of the conventional medical and pharmaceutical industries that are trying to control the use of cannabis. And I even just saw something that they're creating a chemical version of CBD. What? Right. Well, we already have that. That's Epidiolex. Um, Okay. And that is used, that was specifically formulated for, um, children with a very specific, two specific types of seizures because Mm. of the impact that uh, CBD has had on children with seizures. I mean, that was popularized Mm -hmm. by a young girl named named Charlotte. And then, of Mm -hmm. course, a a cultivar was created for her called Charlotte's Web. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, now, you know, a pharmaceutical company has created a uh, specific drug for that. I, I don't know that I'm necessarily against that because these mm-hmm. children really need that mm-hmm. um, drug because now, you know, many children could not get their medicine because it wasn't available in their state. Mm-hmm. So what we need to do is get to the point where cannabis is no longer a Schedule One drug, where it's not listed along with, you know, heroin, and where you have, you know, <laughs> cocaine as a Schedule Two drug, it's almost absurd. Well, it is absurd. But yet at the same time, we have well over half the country has uh, approved cannabis for medical use, you know, mm-hmm. in varying states. So imagine, though, that you're a child who lives in a state that does not have medical marijuana. You'd have to go to another state to get it to get your medicine. I mean, what what other component, what That's other crazy. healing product does that happen with? Nothing. I know. I know. It's 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 very strange. So we're coming up to about four minutes to the close, but I want to ask you, what else do we need to know about cannabis and where can we go and how can we support you in cannabis education? Well, I... I I think that the first thing that we have to do as a society is really get rid of the canophobia. Mm. I wrote an article for Huffington Post on canophobia. If you actually Google my name, Laura Logano, uh, with the term canophobia or Huffington Post, that should come up. And a great way to keep that article current is to comment about it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just keep, and then, you know, talk to people you know. I mean, we all know people who still are very, very reticent about cannabis. Even people who use it don't want to talk about it. And here's the thing. Most people who are using cannabis, you know, quote-unquote recreationally, which I like to f- refer to as adult use, are using it for one of three reasons. 
they're using it for insomnia, they're using it for pain, or they're using it for what I'm going to call a catch-all mood disorders. So they mm-hmm. might be using it for social anxiety. They might be using it for stress. You know, so, so people are already using cannabis for certain reasons where they're applying it, and hopefully they are integrating it with mm-hmm. other, you know, modalities and other, other good health behaviors. So it's already happening, and I think a lot of people don't realize that they're applying it for its healing benefits. So I think that is a great way um, to get the word out. I think, you know, telling people about uh, my book, The CBD Oil Miracle, because that really goes in. In the book, I know the title is on CBD. I do talk about uh, cannabis, the plant that also contains marijuana, which would be over 0.3% THC, whereas under 0.3% THC is, uh, you know, is, that's the CBD oil that you see on the shelves derived from hemp. Mm-hmm. So the plant mm-hmm. hemp is under 0.3% THC. That's as defined in the U.S. by the, by the farm bill. So I think that's, you know, just talking talking to friends and neighbors, I think finding a practitioner who has, uh, you know, good training, you know, the holistic training that that I offer that I talked about, where you can go to the um, bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y backslash holistic cannabis to learn about that education. Mm-hmm. I think it's key because, and, you know, tell your practitioner, tell your doctor, your nurse, whoever you come in touch with, hey, did you know about this? And, in fact, you know what I will also send to um, anybody who goes to that, you know, I had one special gift, but I'm going to put two in there, is an article that I actually wrote for Kitchen Toke magazine about my daughter, Isabella. And I think that it's a consumer-written article. It's about my journey with her. I think that, that is, that's an article that you can show to people to say, hey, look at, look at this. It's, an, it's easy to read. You know, you need, you need to show people sometimes the evidence. And I think that's a lot of times when people really change, Mer, when they have their own personal experience. Exactly. Exactly. And, um, yeah, so that's lauralagano.com forward slash Myrrh, M-Y-R-R-H, where you can find additional information. lauralagano.com is an amazing website. That's how I found Laura for this short, this uh, this program, the show. And I'm, like, so grateful for you to to be here and, and share this, having lived in Boulder for 16 years it was kind of a no-brainer, <laughs> but, I mean, it's it's helped so many people that I know of in my life, and it's not just about, it's not about getting high, it's about getting well and being well. Okay, absolutely. So, well, Boulder is a bubble, as you know, so the, <laughs> the rest of the country needs to get on board. Right, we need to expand the bubble. Uh-huh. <laughs> For sure. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Once again, that's lauralagano.com forward slash mer for those specials. And um, don't forget her book that's coming out. And um, we really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Laura, for being here. Thanks so much, Mer.
Thank you for tuning into Journeys into the Heart of Vibration with Mur Demarmian. We'll be back with another edition next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a good week ahead.